1: Welcome to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few moments, Sherry McMillan, president and CEO of McMillan Estate Planning, will join us with news of another seminar or two coming up and more on protecting and preserving all that you've worked so hard to obtain. In our next hour, John Carlson will have a fresh look at Vancouver real estate and lots more on the 1% realty story. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. The city of Vancouver is once again turning to pocket ashtrays in attempt to curb cigarette butt litter. According to the city, this is interesting, nearly one million cigarette butts are discarded in Vancouver every day. It's why the Downtown Business Improvement Association welcomes the city's latest pilot project aimed at reducing litter, and Ben will have lots more on this story later in the hour. Oh, and this one is already contentious. The Canadian Pediatric Society has released new guidelines on screen time for young children and teens. The society recommends parents prioritize healthy habits, including nutrition, face-to-face interaction, imagine, and sleep over all kinds of screens that are gobbling up more of kids' time. Dr. Michelle Pinto leads the Society's Digital Health Task Force, and she says the guidelines emphasize how and when screens should be used based on age rather than prescriptive time limits, with parents setting an example like not texting while driving. Dr. Pinto said it's important to set screen time limits when kids are young and they've had uh, ongoing conversations to avoid arguments when they're teenagers who don't want to put their phones down when it's time to go to sleep. A new study suggests Canadians care about the environmental effects of single-use food packaging but don't want to pay a premium for alternatives. A survey by researchers from Dalhousie University in Halifax shows 87% of respondents consider the environmental impact of single-use plastic food packaging to be important. Nearly 94% of respondents felt personally motivated to reduce the amount of plastic they use because of the environmental impact. However, nearly 90% of respondents believed plastic packaging should be switched to green alternatives, but for no additional cost. This is a survey of over a 1,000 Canadians online a month ago. Oh, Tim Hortons announced this week it has entered into an exclusive master franchise and development agreement to develop in Thailand. The agreement has been made with the We Eat Company. Quote, Thailand is a thriving coffee market and our partner has a deep understanding of the Thai market, which we believe will position us well for success in that country. According to Timmy's, the company believes that in Thailand, it can replicate the recent successes it's seen in other international markets by featuring a strong core hot and cold beverage platform and a localized food menu alongside a prominent Canadian vibe. It does seem the company has been well received in some new markets. Uh, In China, the uh, lineups around the opening of their first store, out of this world, they plan to open 1,500 restaurants in China. They have over 4,800 restaurants in Canada, the U.S. and around the world. Oh, and get ready for one of Vancouver's most beloved street parties. Tomorrow, Commercial Drive will transform into an outdoor, all-day fiesta of all things Italian. Soak up the sights and Sounds of Italian culture in our city as you stroll the blocks and check out vendors, catch live performances, and of course, enjoy the delicious food. Our advice? Take SkyTrain and get off at Broadway Commercial and you're instantly into the party. Saves all the hassle of trying to find parking, which is always difficult in that area. And also, well, leaves a little room for you to enjoy a cold beverage or two and boom, not worry about driving home. Three stages for entertainment and performers from Italy all day long starts at New Noon, runs at least until eight up and down commercial drive Italian days. Enjoy. Those are some of the week's top consumer stories. We'll have lots more as the show goes along. But coming right up is Sherry McMillan with great estate planning advice and news of another seminar or two, hello Victoria, coming soon. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer, and you are on CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, and joining me on the line from Calgary is Sherry McMillan, CEO of McMillan Estate Planning, who's coming back to Vancouver with another seminar date to talk about. Sherry, welcome back to the program.
0: Thank you kindly, Sterling.
1: Well, it's good to have you back with us, you much-traveled person. You and your colleagues at Macmillan Estate Planning do work not only all across Canada, but you do work all around the world, and that includes Asia and Europe and the United States. You're a very busy organization.
0: We are. um, We're very blessed, of course, as families have grown and evolved in our communities. Uh, They have become international, and so a lot of times they own assets abroad. And they also have children that move abroad. And so it complicates their affairs, obviously. But it's a good travel plan, of course, if your children can go somewhere warm to live, for example. Uh, And then you can visit Mm -hmm. into the future.
1: I wanted to talk to you about something that's on the website. And that, by the way, friends, is MacMillanEstate.com. And right there, right on the masthead of the website, you talk about safeguarding significance. It's a slogan for your firm, Sherry. Tell us about its origins and what it really means.
0: Well, I can share what that actually means by case study, actually, Sterling. And it was in my very early career. I had a really lovely elderly client, and she would always dress up to come to the office to prepare her estate plan. And what she wanted is that her estate plan would be bequest to an adopted daughter she had. And she'd never legally adopted this daughter. And so she had great concern that her family might challenge the estate, of course. So we designed everything in accordance with what she wished for. And it was probably maybe only six months later, she came back to our office and she wanted to confirm that in fact, the plan would work and it wouldn't be able to be challenged by her family members. And so we reviewed it again and and certainly it was designed that way. And this was, I think, my only my second year in my business. So I was still a bit naive that as an estate planner, I would actually have people who would pass on. I don't know how I missed that point, Mm -hmm. but I certainly had. And so wonderful Anne, she reached across the boardroom table and she grabbed my hand and she said, Sherry, I wanna thank you for helping me and I wanna tell you that I have cancer and I probably only have a couple months to live. Oh my. So being as young as I was and ill prepared, I'm all I could think was don't cry, you know, don't cry, you're the professional, sit here and not cry. Mm -hmm. But then Anne did something further. She put her other hand on top of my hand and she said this to me. Thank you for safeguarding my significance. It means so much to me that my daughter will get the legacy she deserves. Well, then I lost my ever-loving mind and I bawled like a baby. Of
1: course, of course. <laughs> but thank you for safeguarding my significance. And that stuck with you from that moment forward, right?
0: Yeah, and I knew that's my work. That's what I do. I don't just plan tax. I don't just plan law. I don't just plan how the assets are set up. In in what's the most important is actually that the values and the beliefs and the, the reason you've created the wealth, the real meaning behind it is what you're trying to safeguard. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that not just for the moment of passing. And unfortunately, in my early career, Anne did pass. Very early in her planning, but for most of us, it's decades and decades into the future that we've created an estate and we're not using it in the traditional ways that we once did. And that is because we have more. And so you're seeing in the community a big shift. People are doing philanthropic work in their lifetime. They're not waiting until they pass on. Right. Um, you know, just recently, as we saw with Google, um, And Amazon, all these people are making substantial pledges to charity, not when they're gone, today. Yes. And so that they can see the impact that this is going to be having in the community. And they're not only doing it for the community, they're doing it with their own families. We have lots of business owners, for example, who do, um, you know, angel investing in their own children's businesses so that they can see the blessing of that entrepreneurship in their own family unit before they pass on. So we have a completely different point of view of what estate planning is today. It's about life. It isn't about passing. And that's just the backup plan. Hopefully we don't use it for a long time. And so safe. Safeguarding our significance becomes exceptionally relevant year by year, too, because as we age and as our family dynamics morph, what happens is what's important to us in our 50s changes in our 60s, and it changes again in our 70s. And so, you know, it's about the plan being alive and growing with you and your desires and goals and beliefs. And then... People like us, the lawyers, the accountants that surround you should just be supportive of those goals and objectives. They shouldn't be driving how the plan is done. You should be based on what your life plan is. And so I think it's the right approach in, in our society, but unfortunately it hasn't been done this way. You know, historically our lawyers and our accountants told us what to do. But nobody asked us what we want to do. Right. And so there's a huge miss there. So let's find out what you want to do. And then we'll build in the legal and tax structure to support it.
1: Now, I, want to get and to, so, I want to get to taxes in a second. But your, your wonderful story about your early days in the business and the lingering, safeguarding significance uh, motto that stays with you and your company and all of your enterprise. Uh, back to one of Anne's concerns for a moment, if you don't mind, Sherry. She was concerned. Concerned that there, the the adopted daughter, who was never formally adopted, would receive that which her mother or parent figure wanted her to receive, and there was concern about other family members quarreling over this decision and this award of resources based on your experience and you've been at this for a while now since those early days when you bawled like a baby how often in a situation where an estate perhaps has not been properly planned or thoroughly planned sherry does that circumstance arise when there is a quarrel sometimes a rather nasty quarrel over a poorly constructed will and, and model for estate planning. How often does that
0: happen? Well, the first answer, very scary to answer, is actually 50%. And there's an actual reason behind that, if you think about it. Half of us go through a divorce in the community, uh-huh. half of us. So if you leave your estate to your child and they go through a divorce, guess what's happening to your estate?
1: It would be, I was just going to say it'd be halved, wouldn't it?
0: That's right. And so in every single family that we meet at Macmillan, that's the risk. It's a 50% chance that we're going to lose value, never mind if people fight, just to that risk alone, wow, just okay. to divorce.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's, you know, very valid. And especially if you have more than one child, the odds are not in our favor. The next risk is this, Sterling. We are married more than once in our lifetime, our lifespan because we're living so long. So even if you were fortunate enough to be married 40 or 50 years and you lose your spouse, you'll often become involved in a second or third relationship in your life. That person has claim over your estate and their bloodline has claim over your estate, even though you may have your own biological family you want it to go to. Sure. And so here's another interruption of the estate going where it's supposed to. So you start to add up these kinds of risks that are practical and rational, and they're happening in modern society. We don't actually stand a very good chance of our estate landing where we want it to be, unless we are proactive. And that's the key, is we can't use the traditional tools we've always used, which was, generally speaking, for an estate plan, just simply a will. Sure. But all of those risks pop into that situation in that will and basically make it meaningless. And so here you have this desire. I want it to go to, you know, my three children. And I know one of my daughters is experiencing matrimonial problems. Well, we can't use a traditional plan then because we are putting that estate at risk. And what makes it even more challenging for modern families is we often have a lot of sentimental assets nowadays. If we're a successful family, we have a cottage, for example. Sure, yeah. And so, you know, the parents are thinking, okay, well, I want it to go to the three kids. Well, what if one of the kids gets a divorce? Then where does it leave the other kids in sharing this property that they owe a portion of it to an ex? And so these practical things, unfortunately, penetrate almost every family. And it doesn't matter how affluent you've become, these risks are there for us. And so thankfully... Um by being proactive in doing estate planning, not legal planning only, we can circumvent these real practical risks that we're all going to face as we live longer and as life continues to evolve with Tinder and swiping
1: interesting stuff now uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about that because it sounds first of all that a, a big part of estate planning once you've identified what the master plan is going to be after you sit down with the client and understand what his and her objectives are their goals their aspirations then you start to put together a plan to eventually achieve all of that but as life Unfolds As you've just pointed out with some rather unnerving statistics, Sherry, as life unfolds and these changes occur, it's critical to change the plan as life's changes occur to you. Otherwise, you get swept aside, correct?
0: Absolutely. For example, right now we have new legislation going into BC and Alberta about common law and they're going to be recognized in the same legal platforms as full marriages. Yes. So, you know, that makes some adaptations to how you might have designed before. Um The other thing that happens is not only does the legal legislation change, but the tax legislation changes as governments shift and change. Mm-hmm. And then families are never static. Um We go through, you know, illness, divorce, our children marry, remarry, have more children, and so, you know, the family unit's dynamic morphs as well over time. And so, how do you, you know, play Monopoly with this situation appropriately? So, what we say is, build your foundation. We call ourselves the architect of your estate, and we build the foundation based on the goals and objectives that you have. And then, of course, we build the remainder of the home but you got to renovate once in a while. So you got to go back into the bathroom and say, you know, this terrible pink we painted, it just doesn't work because we have a Trudeau government going on right now. We need to paint it green. And so you have to be able to be maneuvering with these governmental changes that happen and family changes that happen. And one thing I say to my families, especially if they're planning 40 and 50 and onward, is we're living till a 100. And so what's fundamentally important when you design your life plan is always put in what we call an exit plan. So let's say you design the bathroom in pink, but later you really don't like it. We don't want you to be trapped in that design. We want to be able to go in there and bring in a new paint can and repaint it. And so sometimes what I've experienced in the industry of law and tax is they can end up pigeonholing us into a plan that doesn't work for us five or 10 years out. And so what's really important in every plan we design is that we put in an exit clause. I don't like this plan anymore. I just get rid of it, and I redo it. And so we make sure that that evolution of your plan can occur. And I only find, truthfully, that families maybe revise their planning every, say, three to five years. It's not daily.
1: Right, of course. But,
0: you know, every three to five years, somebody decides they're retiring now, or they decide that they're going to upgrade their home, or new grandbabies are born. Mm -hmm. So these kinds of evolutions happen, but they're not daily occurrences, So it's about about every three to five years we feel that we go in and repaint a bathroom, but we're not building the whole house again, thankfully. We're just tweaking to make sure it's accommodating the changes that have happened in both tax law and the family dynamic.
1: And this, of course, is masterful planning on your part, but I wonder how reflective it is uh, of the general population. I get the impression that that uh, annual or biannual tweaking that you talk about, that uh, just keeping an eye on things, making sure the paperwork is right up to where you are, is something that not many of us do.
0: No, and, you know, thankfully, Sterling, I'm I'm glad to say that people don't do this on a Friday night, that they're actually doing something of interest and having a good time on their weekends. Um But I do think once we start creating our estates and the stewardship of them, I mean, we worked really hard. We're not old money in Canada. We are new money. We worked hard for our money. I think we owe ourselves that, that stewardship of making the wealth we have work the most efficiently for us and giving us the most freedom it possibly can.
1: Sherry, let me interrupt you for just a second because we need to break for the news, and I want to remind our listeners that you are going to be back in Vancouver to do this in person. And the next event, or should I say events, are coming up in just a few days. or Thursday, July 18th in Vancouver, and the previous evening, Wednesday, July 17th, for McMillan Estate Planning's Victoria seminar that will take place at the Inner Harbor Hotel, the Marriott Inner Harbor on Humboldt Street in Victoria, again Wednesday, July 17th, and the following night, Thursday, July 18th, at the Marriott Pinnacle Hotel in downtown Vancouver. We'll tell you lots more about these two seminars after the news. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox with Sherry McMillan from McMillan Estate Planning. And they have news of not one but two seminars here on the West Coast coming up. One in Victoria and one the following evening in Vancouver. Now, the Victoria Seminar will take place at the Marriott Inner Harbor Hotel on Humboldt Street. The date is July 17th. That's a Wednesday night, July 17th at 7 p.m. for the McMillan Seminar at the Victoria Marriott Inner Harbor Hotel. The following night, Thursday, July 18th, Sherry McMillan will be at the Marriott Pinnacle Hotel on West Hastings Street in downtown Vancouver for another McMillan Estate Planning Seminar again at 7 p.m. And Sherry, all you ask is that regardless of whether they want to go to the Victoria Seminar on the 17th or the Vancouver Seminar on the 18th, anyone willing to, or wishing rather, to show up and enjoy the wine and cheese and the presentations should just pop over to mcmillanestate.com and let you and your team know They're on the way, right?
0: That's right. Um, We asked for the groups that are coming just to let us know the numbers. we have plenty of wine and plenty of cheese for them.
1: There you go. Now, we were talking just before we broke for the news about uh, estate planning and and in terms of the changes in life and how many people in Canada, you talked about a 50% average just in terms of, well, the marriage and divorce rate in this country. There are Our numbers are somewhat staggering in terms of what happens in real life. And you were just pointing out that, Sherry, in a lot of our real lives, we don't have a lot of real organization in terms of our plans for ourselves both today in our working lives and especially for after when we stop working and beyond. We are uh, underplanned to be kind, right?
0: We we certainly are as a community at large, and I think it's because we are new new money, and so we've just been working diligently to create. Right. Now we are moving into a new phase in Canada where we now need to protect what we've created. So I call it outgrowing financial planning. You're moving into the next level. You've graduated. Now how do you steward what you've created and how do you protect and preserve it, not only for your lifetime, but often for a legacy for your loved ones and charities? And so that's a different point of view because... Now you're actually endeavoring to grow the estate, protect it, but also spend it. So it's actually a more exciting time than the saving component.
1: Well, I would think so. I mean, this is payback time for a lot of people who've worked hard to achieve uh, a bit of a, a a pile of loot. And the fun part, one hopes, is the opportunity to spend some of that and have a little enjoyment in life. But also, part of the planning process, and I know you pay particular attention to this, you and your team at Macmillan Estate Planning, is to avoid taxes wherever possible it's not nothing illegal about knowing tax law and understanding it and making plans accordingly and then there's this whole matter in british columbia at least sherry of probate what is probate And, and and explain how one can plan around it
0: well particular provinces in bc is one of them have what we call a probate structure. And what probate is in English, for those that are listening, is it's the process in which you craft a will, so you write up a will, and then when you die, you do an inventory of your asset base, and you take that will and you take that inventory asset base to the courts, and you say, this is my asset base and these are my wishes with these assets, Mm -hmm. and we would like the court to say and approve that that can be addressed in that particular way. But before all that occurs, Sterling, what also has to happen is your values have to be sent down to Canada Revenue Agency to make sure that the taxation um, is ultimately paid before you can distribute to your family unit, of Uh, course. Ah,
1: so the feds take their share first.
0: That's right. And they are not um, second in line. They are very first in line. Okay. before you can distribute your estate to your loved ones, the Canada Revenue Agency tax burden must be paid, and then we can distribute to our loved ones. All of this takes a reasonable amount of time and workload and cost because, you know, obviously there's many components that go into this, and so most families will experience a probate for as little as the time horizon, maybe six months, but sometimes up to two years. And so this isn't a short window of time. The other problem is there is a lot of fee structures that are associated with it in BC. So everybody's familiar in BC that we have a land transfer fee. sure, And um, it's to the tune of about 1.4% of the value of your uh, real estate. So you start adding up families and in BC families have high values in real estate. And so, you know, you have millions of dollars with this fee. Now imagine if you design it so that everything goes to your spouse and you pay the fee But then when your spouse passes, you pay the fee again to transfer to your children. That doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense, does it?
1: Mm, No, but the government loves it.
0: Certainly. So there's a, a really fantastic way in BC specifically that we can design your estate so that you don't have to do that course load and workload of probate or pay those fees. And so many people are quite interested in that, of course. I would think so. And it, it is, um, not that complex actually to do. So in about 2001, Canada Revenue Agency allowed for us across Canada, not just BC, to build a very special kind of trust. And a trust is just a holding pot for our assets. And if you're over 65 or your spouse is, you can transfer your entire estate to this trust. It's not a taxable event. But what happens is it acts like a will except you don't have to probate. So all of a sudden, you've eliminated all the workload, the court filings, all of that goes away, and the fees go away with it. And so it's a very unique opportunity for our families living in provinces like BC, like Ontario, where there are costs associated with probate and land transfer fees so that we don't have to do that. So, so- it,
1: ah, so if you do this trust arrangement, uh, then it allows you to pass along your assets with uh, to your your loved ones, minus the taxation, because the government chooses in many cases to to see your assets that you're attempting to transfer as having been sold and then transferred, therefore making them taxable. This simply eliminates that step. Correct.
0: That's right. And so what we're finding is what we do is a multi-generational plan. So we design it for the life plan of mom and dad because we hope they live decades into the future. So we make sure their cottage and their primary home and all these types of assets are there. Okay. And all their cash and different investments and so forth, their businesses. So they're going to use that, obviously, for lifestyle and into retirement in those years. And then when the second spouse passes what happens is that becomes the estate plan for the next generation without having to go through probate and land transfer and all of that workload again. Uh So it's really circumvents big problems. But there's one more real fantastic piece. And that is if your mom or dad predecease each other and they end up getting into a second relationship, we don't actually have to create a prenuptial arrangement because this is a prenuptial arrangement because it separates that asset base for the parent that's remaining, and they do not jeopardize it in a new relationship under spousal.
1: Ah, uh-huh. so it's not a contestable thing at some future date
0: in a court scenario. Correct. Uh-huh. So, you know, it, I, I call it McMillan's dating service. But, you know, to make light of it, what actually happens is a lot of us, children of parents that have done well in life, Our concern is when they meet that second or third spouse, is that person in their life for the right reason? Or are they there because mom or dad are affluent? And that's a real ugly conversation, obviously to even have with your parent or Mm -hmm. your parent to have with you, but it's practical and it's realistic. And so what is so nice in these situations is we have three plans in one. We have mom and dad are both alive, they're protected. Only mom or dad is alive, they're protected. Now, Both parents are gone. The children are protected and the grandchildren are protected. And we can do that all under one plan. And so you can see that actually doing good estate planning and proactive estate planning can actually simplify your affairs in your life. It doesn't have to complicate it, and it should do that. And not only does it protect everybody, it protects it from all kinds of risks. So the big one for our retirees today is obviously a second relationship. But another one that's really interesting is uh, snowboarding because a lot of people go snowboarding. And in the United States, it's very litigious, and they sue us for everything. Sure, yeah. But if your asset base is in trust, they can't sue you for it. So now your retirement is safe. And then the third thing that is really important is I'm finding that because we're living so long now, a lot of people want to continue being in business at some level, on yes. boards of directors mm-hmm. or you know active with their child's business or whatever it may be. Well, because our estate is held by trust, it's lawsuit and credit protected from any kind of business risks that we take on as well. So it's a very safe way to make sure the wealth we've created is going to be utilized in the way we had hoped it to be. And there isn't, you know, anything more valuable than that than making sure your life's work gives you the support that you deserve because it is what was supposed to happen.
1: Interesting stuff. Now, Sherry, I would imagine, based on the success you've had not only here in Canada, but around the world with Macmillan Estate Planning, that what has happened is you've devised these uh, programs for families, these trusts and other arrangements that have gone successfully through mom and then dad, and then now it's into the next generation, and they are the beneficiaries, of course, of that wonderful master plan in the first place, but then, as they create their own children and their own enterprises and expand, uh, McMillan Estate is right there to pick up and devise a whole new arrangement for them.
0: Well, it certainly has evolved in that way. Our operation has been going uh, for 24 years mm-hmm, now. Yeah. And very sadly, I can say that I have you know, lost a number of families through that period of time because... Most of us are procrastinators by nature, so we get a lot of people doing their estate plan and their 89th year. (laughs) And, you know, then we're working with the children very quickly. Sure. Um, But if we're working with somebody younger in 50s and 60s, now we're starting to see that group passing and the next generation taking on the affairs of the estate. And so what happens, though, is if you've built a very good estate plan from infancy, from the beginning, you're just adapting it to the next generation. Because we always try and build it very forward thinking. So, you know, you don't know who your grandchildren are going to marry. And you don't know if they'll have drug issues or they won't. You don't know these things. So we just build it in flexibly so that when we get to that time horizon, we can adapt those rules at the time. Because then we'll know what's really going on. Um, And, you know, maybe they're married to the best people in the world and we're not worried, but maybe they're not. And so now we've built in that safeguard. So we always build in the safeguard. And we can use it if we need it, and we don't have to if we don't. And so that gives us flexibility.
1: uh, Only a couple of minutes left here, Sherry. Unfortunately, it's a tough question with such a limited time. But you mentioned uncomfortable conversations a few moments ago between parents and their children. and, And sometimes they're, you use the word ugly, but necessary, very necessary. How much emphasis do you place on family harmony as the root of part of your plan?
0: Well, I know you know the Sterling Ever Company, but my whole driving force of the reason I created Macmillan Estate Planning and and began it was that we had disharmony in our own family. And I wanted to solve that in the community because when you fight over money, it gets exceptionally ugly. Oh, you bet. And so one of our primary foundations of all the estate work we do is, is this going to create harmony or destroy harmony? And if we can't answer that it's going to bridge harmony, then probably it's not the right strategy. We need to keep digging further to find that solution. And I think if we all drive our plans from that position of harmony, then we at least have a fighting chance.
1: And finding solutions along with safeguarding significance is what Macmillan Estate Planning is all about, and you can learn lots more at one of their upcoming West Coast seminars. They have two on tap, one in Victoria. That will be on Wednesday, July 17th at 7 o'clock at the Victoria Marriott Inner Harbor Hotel on Humboldt Street. That's Wednesday, July 17th, the Macmillan Seminar in Victoria, followed by the Thursday, July 18th, Sherry and Company back in Vancouver for another seminar at the usual spot for Vancouver, Marriott Pinnacle Hotel, downtown on West Hastings Street. That's on Thursday, July 18th at 7 o'clock as well. And all the folks at Macmillan Estate Planning ask is whether you plan on being in Victoria on the 17th or in Vancouver on the 18th, is just pop over to MacmillanEstate.com, the website, and give an indication that you and perhaps a few others will would like to attend, and they will be well and truly prepared for your arrival. Sherry, it's been a pleasure. As always, thank you for this.
0: Thank you, Sterling.
1: We're back after this. Once again, our thanks to Sherry McMillan for another very informative visit. And remember, those seminars in both Victoria and Vancouver are free. And all you need to do is pop over to the website, mcmillanestate.com to pre-register. Coming up in our next hour, Johnny 1%, John Carlson will be in with a fresh Vancouver real estate update. Time now for Duly Noted. And this time, our producer, Ben Dooley, has a warning for remote property
2: owners. Thanks sterling, broken glass and large rocks surround the vandalized vehicles of the Fedorik family property southeast of Kelowna near Myra Canyon. The damage to a Pontiac minivan, a travel trailer, and tent trailer is estimated to be well over $10,000. Here's Heaven Fedoric.
0: It was hard not to feel anger. is more of...
2: The Fedoric family was alerted to the damage last Sunday by a man who operates a nearby business.
0: So when we got up here and we saw everything that had happened in the rocks, it was it was really hard to keep it together.
2: The vehicles were not insured and were being stored on the remote forest property. Fedoric, an eighteen year old student, said she was saving up to insure the minivan and take it over from her mother.
0: Unfortunately, because it wasn't insured, all I can really get from it is spare parts.
2: Judging from the large circular burnt area near a newly broken picnic table on the property, the damage may have been caused by people attending an impromptu bush party.
0: I've contacted the police, let them know that the license plate was actually stolen as well.
2: While they are doubtful the vandals will be caught, the family is appealing to anyone thinking of having a bush party.
0: Have your fun. Please think of others.
2: I'm Ben Julie, and that's duly noted. Thanks, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer
1: quickies before the news. Ground Search and Rescue, or GSAR, teams in British Columbia's south coast, including here on the Lower Mainland and on Vancouver Island, are receiving a major boost ahead of the busy summer months. The provincial government has issued nearly $2 bucks in summer funding. This new money comes in addition to funding announced last year and represents a 24% increase from the $5 million per year in supplemental funding announced three years ago. Funding for the groups will help teams receive the proper essentials like protective equipment, cover operating costs for vehicles, and help with proper training techniques. The provincial government also asks the public to do our part by being prepared before going outdoors. Last year, rescue teams here on BC's south coast responded to more than 870 calls alone. There are currently... 80 ground search and rescue teams, and an estimated 2,500 members across British Columbia. And we've already told you about Italian Days on the Drive tomorrow, but here's another option Philippine Days in North Vancouver, which has the added bonus of being on both today and tomorrow at Waterfront Park, and which features at least 75 food and merchandise booths, including a food court, along with entertainers and performers all weekend long. The festival is open till 6 tonight, and again tomorrow from 10 till 5. A little advice from us here take C Bus and avoid traffic issues, and bring cash. It makes everything go a little faster. Despite more vehicles on the road than ever, and unprecedented wildfire smoke air quality in Metro Vancouver is expected to continue to improve. That's the latest finding from the city's Caring for the Air report. The report anticipates smog-based pollutants will continue to decline until 2035 thanks to enhanced emission standards in vehicles and appliances as well as eco-friendly exchange program. The report anticipates smog-based pollutants will continue to decline, and smog forming pollutants from cars are expected to decrease by 70% due to more stringent standards for fuel and vehicle emissions. Not a bad news story by any stretch of the imagination. That is our show for this hour. We need to take a break for global news to 3 o'clock, and when we come back, John Carlson, Johnny 1% will be here with a fresh Vancouver real estate update and lots more on the 1% realty story. Stay with us. This is is Vancouver Consumer, and you are on CKNW.
2: The proceeding
0: was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.